We have got a packed Friday show today. Why is Michigan State such heavy favorites over Akron? What can make this game interesting and what are we looking for? Also, we get a huge transfer slash commit from Ken Talley out of Penn State. Michigan State basketball drops their schedule for the upcoming year. And then five best bets to get you some money. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My Spartan friends, my Spartan family, we are back. That is right. We are back to previewing another game that's coming up in a hot second here. Whether you're watching on Thursday night on YouTube during the day on Friday, or hey, if you're listening to this on the way up to your tailgate at Spartan Stadium on a Saturday, hey, regardless, thank you so much for making us your first listen every single day here in the Locked On Podcast Network. Also, Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. That's BetOnline where the game starts. Uh, Just like I said in in the cold opening, we have a packed show today. Before we get to any of that, hey, please rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. Also, any questions, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com is the place to find us. Also, I do want to address yesterday's episode with Greg Jones. I apologize for the faulty audio in segments two and three there. And yes, there was a rough patch in the Stephen Brooks uh, interview. Thank you for bringing that to my attention. Sometimes I just don't know unless you guys do comment. So thank you. Uh, We have worked hard to make sure everything's ironed out here. So from this day forward, uh, we're going to see if uh, we could have the solid audio that we usually do have on this podcast. So sorry for those hiccups. Just wanted to address that really quick. And thank you for anyone that reached out. Uh, expressing concern with what happened, and uh, yeah, we, we've got things under control here, so uh, thanks again. Now let's get into this Saturday's game, Spartans, Zips. Saturday, 4 p.m., Big Ten Network, if you are not going to be in attendance at Spartan Stadium, and look, um, if you're going to miss this game, uh, Vegas odds are telling you that you're not going to miss anything special. Uh, a lot of analysts are going to tell you you're not going to miss anything special. And also, well, maybe a podcast host as well. But regardless, any day you get to go to a game at Spartan Stadium is a fun one. But let's just talk about why. Why on earth Michigan State is such heavy favorites in this game? Look, on betonline.net, we have a 34.5 point favorite for Michigan State. That is by far the widest spread in the Mel Tucker era at MSU. Uh, Michigan State is, after all, playing a team with no winning seasons since 2015 and a team that just has three wins in their last three seasons. All right, this is a game that is massively uh, a strengths versus weaknesses game. And what I mean by that, hey, here's a terrible example you don't want me to bring up, but I will anyway. Uh, You remember last year's game? Against Ohio State in Columbus, uh, you know, Ohio State's a juggernaut. Michigan State, you know, they had some weaknesses on their team, despite being a good team. But Ohio State's strengths, what made them amazing, played right into the hand of what MSU's weaknesses were. And we have that all over the board here uh, against Akron coming up here this Saturday. So, yes, get ready for a strengths versus weaknesses game and a reason why MSU is 5 touchdown favorites over the Zips. Strength versus weakness number one, MSU's pass game versus Akron's pass defense. Look, we saw it last week. MSU has weapons for days. 
in the passing game, whether it be the receivers in Jeremy Bernard, Keon Coleman, Jaden Reed, or the tight end, Daniel Barker as well. But also, also, the pass blocking was pretty solid last week too, and that was against a Western Michigan team that absolutely, positively loved the Blitz. Uh, Akron also does a fair share of blitzing as well. They had two sacks last week against St. Francis, an FCS opponent, that is. And MSU, on the contrary, against one of the best defenses that they will... I'm sorry, against one of the best defenses in the MAC. I was about to say one of the best defenses MSU will face all season. I don't think that's entirely true, but still, one of the best group of five defenses in Western Michigan. MSU still only let up one sack right there. So the pass game... First Akron's run or pass defense, stark difference right there because uh, last year Akron loved watching other teams complete passes against them. They were amongst the worst in the nation at opponent completion percentage. And it wasn't just that on the defense too because strength versus weakness number two was MSU's run game versus Akron's run defense. Last year, Akron's run defense let up a whopping 6.7 yards per carry last season. That's terrible. That's that's worst in the nation last year. Uh, they were dead last in opportunity rate with 60.9%. Now, what on earth is opportunity rate? Well, I have the definition right here in front of you. It's the percentage of carries when there are, you know, four plus yards available to gain that gain at least four yards, or in other words, the percentage of carries in which the offensive line does its job. So, on 60.9% of runs last year against Akron, they went for at least four yards. That's terrible. That's dead last. And also, okay, last week, you know, just one game against an FCS opponent, small sample size, they let up 4.5 yards per carry against St. Francis. Now, that's not terrible. It's not great, but you hope to do a lot better against an FCS opponent. So taking the larger sample size of everything last year, combined with that, Okay, uh, uh, Jalen Berger can feast again. Jared Broussard can feast again. Maybe we get a look at who the third running back for Michigan State is. And so there you have it. Also, I'm sorry, there is one more strength versus weakness, and that will be MSU's pass rush versus Akron's offensive line. Okay, last I've understood, uh, Jacoby Winman still exists. Uh, He will still be playing this Saturday. And so does Akron's entire offensive line from last year. That's right. Akron returns all five of their starters from last season. That is not a good thing necessarily, though, I will say. Yes, you have the experience, but I don't know if it's good experience uh, because Akron gave up the most sacks in the nation last year with 63 sacks. Also, last week, not a good start for the offensive line as well. As once again, I will mention it, FCS opponent St. Francis And not even a good FCS opponent. Not like a North Dakota State or anyone spicy like that. No, a middling FCS opponent in St. Francis gave Akron six sacks last weekend. So Jacoby Winman could leave this game with 19 sacks. Uh, Chris Bogle can tack on five more. You know what? Honestly, if you're going to the game, you might be leaving Spartan Stadium with a sack or two. Uh, Who knows? Stay tuned. So... With that said, okay, let's say that you want to have some angst going into this game. You don't want to feel too comfortable or too cocky going into this game. So what could, what could possibly make this game spicy? Akron runs a, a run-pass option. 
You know, they do a lot of RPO in the Joe Moorhead offense. So that's going to require some discipline from, you know, whether it be your linebackers, your safeties, uh, even your defensive ends, too, have to stay a little disciplined. Uh, Joe Moorhead, first-year head coach at Akron. He just came from Oregon, did some work at Penn State before that. He's a very smart coach. Smart enough to have a major turnaround from week one to week two. We'll have to wait and see, but uh, that could be another positive spin right there for Akron. Uh, DJ Irons is a built quarterback. He is six foot six inches. Solid completion percentage, actually. Does really good at getting the ball out of his hand quick. Um, not too much of a runner, but he can because, after all, he's six foot six, and you know he's going to lean forward whenever someone hits him. So kind of like a poor, poor man's Ben Roethlisberger, Cam Newton type. Poor, poor man. Keep that in mind. Uh, They have a receiver named Shockey Jacques-Louis, so that's a fun name. Uh, That can make this game a little spicy. He actually played, funny enough, against Michigan State last year. He had one catch and five yards in the Peach Bowl for Pitt, but he's transferred to Akron and actually racked up 122 yards last week. So that is going to be their top target. And also, this is a Jezlord Botane revenge game. That's right. The former 2018 Michigan State commit who transferred after the 2019 season is Akron's starting linebacker. So there you have it. Also, uh, what could make this game spicy? What could be a reason MSU loses? Well, I, the MSU could get food poisoning in their pregame meal. Uh, a sinkhole could very well form on their walk to the stadium. The equipment staff uh, could possibly lose all their cleats, uh, forcing MSU to play in flip-flops. Um, the last meteorite hit Michigan uh, 450 million years ago. So we're probably due for that, right? I mean, it hasn't happened in a long time. So maybe a meteorite hits East Lansing and wipes out only MSU's entire sideline, giving Akron a slight advantage. I don't know. I still think that MSU can throw enough frat guys together to beat Akron. Look, if you have listened to this podcast, watch this YouTube show, you know that I can get psyched out of my mind about the worst of teams. Last year, I was losing my mind going into the Western Kentucky game. I even had a slight tightness in my chest against Youngstown State last year. During basketball season, I was reading about High Point, and I was starting to get a little worried. I got, I, I'm sorry. like I, I hate being this arrogant about a game, but I can't think of a single reason why this should be a competitive game on Saturday. Now, with that said... I probably just jinxed everything into oblivion, and Michigan State's going to walk out with a triple overtime win. But still, like I, guys, I'm, I really tried. I really tried to find something to be worried about with Akron coming to town, but I just, I don't see it. I, I don't see it at all. This is a lousy team, and Vegas reflects that with the 34 and a half point spread. So I, look, I, I, I hope I'm correct here. I hope this is a snoozer on Saturday, and uh, if it's close at all in the fourth quarter, not only we sh- should we be worried about our team moving forward, but I will never talk like this about an opponent the rest of my life. So there you have it. Uh, let's get into some more fun football news on the other end of this break. But first, just need to talk to you fine folks about betonline.net. Woo! That's right. Hey, we got our five best bets segment coming up in a hot second, all lines courtesy of BetOnline, because they are your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all of the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's opening week's games for NFL, 
at BetOnline. BetOnline is also your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. Point blank, they are the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. So head to the website today, use your mobile device, learn more about the trends and action. That is at BetOnline, where the game starts. Now, despite Michigan State being heavy favorites here, uh, you know, there are still some things that we want to watch for in this game. Not necessarily that if we see it, we're going to think all positive about it. Like, look, I, look I, we already know that the offense has a lot of weapons and it's pretty good. We already know the pass rush is pretty good. If MSU does good, I, I mean, doing good against bad opponents, that's just the standard. I'm not going to take any solid takeaways from that. However, if we see some bad tendencies against a bad opponent, that could rise some angst as we go on the road to Seattle to play Washington next week. Like, are your new safeties getting burnt? Uh, Is the kicker still missing the net entirely on field goals? Yeah, I wouldn't feel too good about that going into what could very well be a one-possession game against Washington. And also, uh, is Thorne still a tad rusty? You know, okay, that would cause us reason for concern, I guess, but... That's all I'm going to be watching uh, for on Saturday is just, you know, Payne Thorne, how's he looking? Kicker, are we kicking the ball properly? And safeties, how are you looking? So, now, I, no positive takeaways from Saturday are coming up, unfortunately. Um, but hopefully we just don't have any negative ones. So, speaking of only positive things, uh, let's start talking about Mr. Ken Talley. That's right, the newest transfer slash commit from Penn State or Philadelphia. Let's talk about why I'm using that weird language right now. Okay, Uh, look, Ken Talley, four-star defensive end edge prospect from Philadelphia, was in Penn State's 2022 recruiting class, was actually committed to the Nittany Lions since 2020. He was one of their longest tenured, if not longest tenured, uh, commits of the 2022 class. Dives headfirst into the transfer portal before the Nittany Lions season even starts. And you already know where we're going with this. This is Locked on Spartans, so you can connect the dots. Hey, Ken Talley transferred to Michigan State. Now, I kind of take this as a commit as well because he's a true freshman. Uh, He has entered East Lansing just three weeks after, you know, he joined Penn State at their fall camp. So it's almost as if... We just got a 2022 commit just super late in the cycle. Uh, Now, uh, will this kid be eligible right away for Michigan State? He might have to go through an appeals process. Quite frankly, I don't think that it even matters. And I'll get to that in a hot second. But let's just talk about who Ken Talley is. 6'3", 230-pound edge from Pittsburgh. Top 300 kid per the 24-7 sports composite and a top 30 edge rush prospect in the nation. Obviously, he probably likes what he sees from Brandon Jordan, Marco Coleman, and the Michigan State staff right now. And just like I said, he committed to Penn State back in 2020 and was actually called the heartbeat of the class by Terry Smith. Uh, Terry Smith, he is the cornerbacks coach for Penn State, but also he heads up the Philadelphia recruiting and is the defensive recruiting coordinator for Penn State as well. Well, so with that said, okay, he's a Pennsylvania kid. He was committed there for the longest time. Why on earth would he leave less than a month to go before the season starts for Penn State? Uh, it might be because, because uh, look, Penn State turned him into a linebacker. 
and I don't know if that's necessarily what he was looking for. Yeah, six foot three, two thirty. That screams linebacker dimensions. A little underweight for a defensive lineman, but they put him at linebacker, and he said, "Quote: Personally, I like putting my hand in the dirt and chasing that quarterback. That's my thing. But whatever helps the team, I will play my role." That was a quote given before he was put at linebacker at Penn State. My guess, you could put two and two together pretty easily here. That he started camp at linebacker. And um, no, he's not going to be doing that. He wants to play defensive end somewhere, defensive line somewhere. And James Franklin, the head coach at Penn State, said as much, saying, quote, I don't necessarily see it having an impact on where we are trending, which is maybe why it happened. And it, being Tally's transfer, saying that it doesn't impact our team this year, doesn't impact the future, so maybe that's why it happened. Look, I, yeah, that's that's not the, the nicest way of saying it, but also, I mean, he's being pretty coded with saying, yeah, he was going to be a linebacker, was going to maybe start there two, three years, and good luck to him. Hope nothing but successful days for Mr. Talley. So, as he comes to Michigan State, as he wants to carve out a role being a defensive end, is he eligible immediately? Could we be seeing him play against the Zips on Saturday? Uh, that'd be crazy just just for the fact that this kid joined the team 72 hours ago. But also, uh, even if you know he is eligible immediately, he does go through the appeals process, I, I don't think it matters because, look, the, the same reason that he was going to be moved to linebacker at Penn State being his size, I think Michigan State's going to want to add some weight on him before they just throw him at defensive end. Six foot three. 230. That's a solid building block right there, but I think they're going to want to get him up to the 245, 250 range. So this could be a redshirt year essentially spent in the weight room at Michigan State before he joins that position group. And also, why it doesn't matter if he's eligible immediately, this isn't a position group that necessarily needs a ton of help. I mean, we just saw Jacoby Winman wreck shop against Western last week, and we have Chris Bogle, we have Brandon Wright, Jeff Petrowski, and also the defensive line itself pretty stocked as well. So no, this isn't like an urgent position of need right here. This isn't like this kid's a safety, you know, transfer coming in, which, hey, we could use right now, but no. So there's no rush to get him on the field. This will be a kid that hopefully by next year or the year after that could really be a guy that's going to leave an impact at Michigan State, but uh, that's how I look at it right now. A really fun guy starting in 2023, maybe even 2024, because, hey, look, he's not rated a top 300 kid for no reason. This kid's obviously talented. He's quick. He also has a frame that could add more muscle, and you're going to have to see that before putting him on the line at Michigan State. So there you have it. Some fun fun news right there. You thought the 2023 – I'm sorry, you thought the 2022 class was over – but not so fast, my friend. So let's just imagine that, you know, he is technically part of the 2022 class. This would mean that Ken Talley is the fourth-ranked recruit uh, of Michigan State's 2022 class. That's behind Alex Van Sumeren, Kaiten Hauser, and Jeremy Bernard. So, yes, the fourth-highest-rated kid in the MSU's 2022 class, if you want to join me and look at it like that. And where does that – what does that mean for Michigan State's class ranking? For the 2022 recruiting hall. Uh, look, they, they were at 23 in the country in the country last year. And then you add Ken Talley there. Eh, they only move up one spot. 
they, they move up from 23 to 22, jumping Arizona, actually, which I did not think was ahead of Michigan State. That was a surprise to me. But, yes, now Michigan State is ahead of Arizona. Suck it, Wildcats. There you go. Uh, but, yeah, MSU, 22-rated class for the class of 2022. So, Cantale, welcome to Michigan State. We'll see you in a little bit. Just enjoy the weight room. Enjoy the coaching of Brandon Jordan, Marco Coleman. We'll see you in opponents' backfields maybe next year, if not a year after that. So take your time. Take your time. You're good. All right. We got some basketball news to talk to. That's right. We're finally going to be talking about hoops because they dropped their schedule for the upcoming season. But first, I just got to talk to you fine folks about Acre Pro Midwest Farm Group. That's right. When it comes to land sales, it pays to have experts in your corner. And Acre Pro Midwest Farm Group are your local farmland specialists. With decades of experience in the core belt agriculture, no one knows the market better. Whether you're doing a 1031 exchange, expanding your operation, or selling row crop farm, your local Acre Pro agent will walk the land with you and ensure the deal is done right. And great service is just the beginning at Acre Pro. AcrePro provides unparalleled land data, including soil ratings, elevation, flood zones, and land valuation across parcels so that you can get the full picture up front and be confident in the entire land market. Your agent will cater to each of your individual needs and help you navigate the complexities of buying and selling land so that the process is made simple. Experience the ease of Acre Pro by working with farmland specialists like Kyle Rule, Brady Hammond, Neil Hurt, and Kyle Spray, and visit AcrePro.com or call 765-587-3185 and talk to your local land expert today. Again, that is 765-587-3185. That is Acre Pro Midwest Farm Group. Now let's talk some shooty hoops here before getting into our five best bets to round out the show and get you into the weekend. That's right, basketball. This is an old friend. We haven't talked about you guys in a hot second ever since football has selfishly started playing. But yeah, no, it's always good to be talking Spartan hoops. They dropped their schedule Thursday afternoon. Their entire non-conference slate is figured out. The Big Ten schedule is figured out. And also, well, before we start with any of that, Got the exhibition on the calendar as well as November 1st. We got an exhibition against Grand Valley State. So if you were just fiending for some Michigan State basketball, go visit Breslin Center November 1st as they take on the Lakers of Grand Valley State in a game that will uh, not necessarily matter during uh, in the wins and loss category. Now, what will matter in the win and loss record is their game against Northern Arizona. That is who Michigan State will be kicking off the season against on November 7th. Now you might be wondering why on earth Northern Arizona is the opener. What's the connection there? Well, uh, hey, grad assistant, or I should say former grad assistant, Chris Fowler is now on Northern Arizona's staff. So this is Tom Izzo throwing one of his former guys a bone right here, getting them up to East Lansing for a good test. So that is your opener, November 7th against Northern Arizona. Of course, that is before going over to San Diego to take on Gonzaga on an aircraft carrier. And uh, before we get to the murderer's row of the non-conference, let's get to the nicer part of the non-conference because these are all games that weren't announced yet. To round out the non-conference, uh, you have Brown on the 10th, December 10th, that is, at Breslin Center. Uh, this game has been announced. Oakland on December 21st at Breslin Center, and then Buffalo on December 30th at Breslin Center as well. Okay, those are your four, so to speak, freebies. Let me knock on wood. 
freebies right there. Uh, Northern Arizona, Brown, Oakland, and Buffalo. Okay, uh, now for the rest of the non-conference. You have Gonzaga on the aircraft carrier. You have Kentucky right after that in the Champions Classic. Uh, and actually just came out that they will be the earlier game that day. They will be tipping off before Duke and Kansas later on. So, yep, Spartans versus Wildcats. And then, well, speaking of Wildcats, you have Villanova as well. And then you have Alabama. You have the rest of the PK-80 field, which has, you know, no shortage of great teams there. So, look, I'm sure Michigan State also tried to get the uh, the, the 89 Pistons on the non-conference schedule, but I guess they all weren't available. Look, this is a, this is a murderer's row of a non-conference schedule. I don't even have to look it up. I'll just safely say that this is probably the most difficult non-conference schedule in the nation. Um, it goes without saying that this is just how Tom Izzo operates, though. And I'm... I'm looking forward to it. I'm not going to doubt the Hall of Fame coach this time around. So this is going to be a bloodbath. Hopefully you get some nice wins early on. And even if you do lose some of these games, a lot of lessons. We're not here to take losses. Only lessons. That's right. Write that down on a shirt somewhere. Uh, the Big Ten schedule also dropped too as far as dates go and all that stuff. And just some notes here I want to go over. And the first one that popped out to me is it's very similar to last year's start of Big Ten play. And what I mean by that is Michigan State had a really cushy start to conference play last year. It was very easy, very favorable. And if you remember, we all went into January thinking pretty highly of our team. And then as the season kind of went on, we figured out that, oh, it might be because they really had a cupcake walk at the start of Big Ten play. And they kind of have that coming up this year as well. You start off with Northwestern at home. You go to Penn State. You have your non-conference break, you know, the, the easy non-conference break with Brown, Oakland, and Buffalo. And then you come back to Nebraska, and then you have Michigan at home. So that's how you start Big Ten play. Northwestern at Penn State, Nebraska, and then Michigan at home. Okay, after that, life gets pretty difficult. It's not going to be y'all cherry-picking the entire time because you hit the road to Wisconsin, you hit the road to Illinois, and then you have a home game against Purdue. Now, again, like these teams aren't going to be as strong as they were last year, but it's going to be a dog-eat-dog -dog Big Ten season coming up. So it starts nice. You know, we're looking at a very reasonable expectation of a 4-0 start in Big Ten play before you hit the road to Wisconsin, hit the road to Illinois, and then host Purdue at home. Now, I always do like to do this when this schedule comes out, is look at the end of the Big Ten schedule to see, okay, well, what teams are we facing? Just in case things get dicey and we're maybe not going to make the tournament squarely or we are going to make the tournament squarely and we're trying to raise our seeding, who are we taking on the last two weeks of the season? You have home against Indiana, at Iowa, at Nebraska, and home against Ohio State. So not terrible. It's pretty manageable, I would say. And one more note, too, about uh, MSU's Big Ten schedule is I feel like last year, the schedule was loaded with weekend games against Big Ten opponents at Breslin Center. And this year, there's only three home Big Ten games on weekends. Uh, that would be the opener, the Big Ten opener, I should say. Sunday, December 4th against Northwestern. Saturday, January 7th against Michigan. And then you got to wait two full months for the next weekend Big Ten game at Breslin Center. It's the season finale, Saturday, March 4th against Ohio State. Uh, also, another date to drop out there right now is they did announce March Madness. That will be October 7th, and that butts up right against 
the home football game against Ohio State. So look, if you're from out of town, what a weekend to come in. Go treat yourself to some Breslin Center Midnight Madness on October 7th. Stay at a local hotel, stay at a friend's house, uh, sleep at the Cata bus station, do whatever you got to do. Wake up, Buckeyes at Spartans the next day. So that's going to be an electric weekend in East Lansing. All right, I know we're kind of short on time here, but let's try to win you some money as we head into the weekend with our five best bets of the week. All lines, thanks to betonline.net. Uh, last week, hey, we went three and two. That's right. We were in the black last week. That means we are five and five on the season. We won the under in MSU Western. We won Florida plus three over Utah. We won Clemson minus 22 over Georgia Tech. We lost Illinois against Indiana in that backbreaker late touchdown. And then we lost over 43 in Georgia versus Oregon by a single point because I was a doofus. And I believed that Bo Nix could be somewhat competent in a game of American football. So that's on me for coming up one point short on the over there. Let's get into it right now. We'll start with our Spartans. We'll start with the Zips. You know where I'm going to go with this one. MSU minus 34 and a half. And if you pay attention during best bets, you know how much I hate betting on Michigan State, actually. I'm always very gun-shy to bet on the Spartans. I rarely do it. But this time, I am going to do it. Uh, again, this is the largest spread in the Mel Tucker era. And this matchup is just like Ohio State versus Michigan State last year in the sense that our strengths will play directly into Akron's weaknesses. Peyton Thorne has something to prove. And even if they do cool the Jets on the passing game, the run game has enough firepower to absolutely carve through the zips. And on top of all that is Mel Tucker earlier this week at his press conference calling last weekend's game against Western unacceptable. So, yeah, there's going to be a fired-up crowd. It's going to be a fired-up team. It's going to be a fired-up coaching staff. They will probably not let up on the gas pedal as much as you would think that they will coming off of a good win against Western last week where apparently the play was unacceptable. So my goodness gracious. Uh, from that point on, we will move on to Kentucky plus five and a half in the swamp against Florida. That seems like a fishy line, right? We all just saw Florida beat top 10 Utah last week in the swamp. There's a lot of people that are loving betting on Florida right now. But I faded the public last week in the swamp. 80% of people bet on Utah last week in the swamp. That led me to go to the 20% because, hey, Vegas has to keep the lights on somehow. And here we have that situation again in the swamp. Nearly 80% of bets are going to Florida, so I will join Vegas again in the swamp and take Kentucky plus 5.5. Uh, I will be taking Michigan minus 51.5 against Hawaii because, like, Hawaii, for me to say Hawaii is terrible doesn't do it justice. And this brings me no joy to say because I love our team on the island out there. They are horrendous this year, though. They made Vanderbilt. They made Vanderbilt look like 2019 LSU in week zero. I watched that game. It was horrible. I didn't watch it with a smile at all because I'm watching Hawaii. I'm like, oh my God, I knew things were bad, but I didn't know they were this bad. Now they got to come to the continental United States. They have to play a Michigan team that's starting... J.J. McCarthy at quarterback, a kid that's playing for a starting job. This kid's going to have five touchdowns and 280 all-purpose yards before halftime even rolls around. He's going for a starting spot. He's trying to impress people. There is no lighting off the gas here in the eyes of J.J. McCarthy. And I think the defense will step on their throats again because, look, they just bully these kind of teams, right? 
and I don't think 51 and a half points is enough to protect my precious Rainbow Warriors. So yeah, I'm going to take the Wolverines, even though it pains me to do it. And then the last two bets here are from the same game, Baylor versus BYU. I'm going to go over the 53 total right there. thought BYU's offense looked great in South Florida last week. And yes, it was just South Florida. They're not a good team, but still... You hit the road to those kind of South Florida conditions in early September, and you're still putting up 50 points on offense. Okay, well, I, I expect a lot of fireworks in Provo, and I also expect a Cougars win. That's why I'm going to take them minus three over Baylor. A lot of the same logic that I just included in my Kentucky pick, and that logic is, look, Baylor is getting over 70% of the bets. They are getting 60% of the money, and the line has not even budged on that minus three number for BYU. It's going to be an upset in Provo. It's going to come by more than three points. So there you have it, the five best bets. MSU, minus 34.5 against Akron. Kentucky, plus 5.5 against Florida. Michigan, uh, taking a stake to the heart of Hawaii, minus 51.5. And And then BYU, Baylor, over 53. And then BYU, minus three, over Baylor. There you have it. Go win some money responsibly. Don't bet the whole mortgage on it. You know, this is still fun. At the end of the day, but yes, do it at betonline.net as well. All right, gang, thank you so much for keeping it tuned on Lockdown Spartans. You already know we're going to be back Sunday night with the recap episode of what happens on Saturday. If MSU loses, flood the inbox at lockdownspartans at gmail.com and call me all sorts of names for jinxing this game to oblivion. But yeah, we will hopefully be watching a laugher on Saturday and doing it together, and we will be talking about it next week and also as we build up to the big washington game next week as well you know where to find us locked on spartans you guys are the best go enjoy your weekend love you all go green